brown pubs in Amsterdam, beer towns versus wine towns, and a pastry-infused brew. This week, it's all about beer. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. This is where we explore the food and drink of the world at DestinationEatDrink.com and on the Destination Eat Drink podcast. This time, we're talking about and sampling beer. But first, if you like Destination Eat Drink, could you toss us a couple dollars? It really helps the show keep going, and a few bucks would go a long way. Just go to DestinationEatDrink.com and click on the Contribute button, and thank you very, very much. This week, since summer is unofficially here, I thought we'd revisit some of my favorite conversations about beer from around the world. We hoist a few in Amsterdam, enjoy a pint or two in Ireland, visit some breweries in Boston, and explore craft beer in Lisbon. Okay, I'm thirsty, so let's drink. Destination, eat, drink. Taish Van Royen is the founder of Amsterdam Food Tours. He tells me about Amsterdam's brown pubs and the different styles of beer to enjoy in the Dutch city. Brown pub is, is the, the, the typical Dutch pub. Uh, like the, the Irish have their uh, you know, specific pub, or, or the British have their pub, so we have the Dutch. And we call the brown pub. Dutch uh, is named the Bruine Kroeg. Um, and yeah, you're right. So these places are, we talked earlier about the feeling of gezelligheid. And, uh, the brown pub, that's the cradle of gezelligheid. Because these places are small, snug, uh, very old. So for example, we visit one and that is in a building from 1625. Uh, so there's a lot of wood and timber and, um, you know, it has been smoking there for hundreds of years. So you have to <laughs> nick it and stain. <laughs> Make it all brown. <laughs> um, and that's where we come together and we have our drinks. We have no music, we have to socialize, you know, to, 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 to chat, to gossip, etc. Have a piece of apple pie or some bitterballer and, and, and a beer or gin. Uh, so yeah, it's just a splendid way, you know, to, yeah, to socialize. It's a bit like the living room for the Dutch, um, in the neighborhood where you meet each other. 400 year old pub. That must, the atmosphere there must just be fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely, yes, yeah, yeah. It has this very quiet, nice, serene atmosphere, um, and it, it, it's beautiful. It's on, on the crossing of two canals, so yeah, you can actually you can sit there all day. Just put your holiday there. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I go into the Brown Pub. Well, what am I drinking? I, I'm going to have a beer. Uh, what kind of beer would I have? Well, I think you all know Heineken, of course. Sure, is, sure. Uh, Amsterdam based, and, and next to that, you might have heard of Amstel, and that's where we our city has our its name from, and not from the beer, but the river, the Amstel, and the Amstel that runs through the city. Um, and we have a, uh, a huge craft beer scene in Amsterdam. I think we have over thirty-five or forty craft uh, breweries. Uh, so there, there is one pub in Amsterdam, one of our favorite places actually, and they have Dutch beers only, and I think it counts up to 175, 180 beers. Oh, um, wow. 
so yeah, yeah, go go for craft beer, maybe a Heineken, just you know to get in the mood, and then a craft beer. Be careful because they're a bit higher in alcohol, obviously. Um, yeah, and maybe try this gin, Geneva. Before we talk about Geneva, I wanted to ask you about the beers themselves because I'm curious, um, what kind of what style of beer would the Dutch prefer? Would it be a, a lager, a pilsner, a stout? What what kind would we be drinking typically in a brown bar? So I think we are a bit like Belgium. Um, so we love our lagers. Um, we love our triples. Um, so, you know, the blonde, fresh beers. And uh, obviously, uh, IPA is big. So you see a lot of IPA combinations. Uh, stout, we don't have that much. Uh, what we like to drink, it looks a bit like stout, it's a bit lighter, I would say, is called a bock beer. And that's a seasonal beer, and that, that's served, uh, in October, November, start of the winter times. Uh, then every brewery will have its own bock beer, you will have competitions where you can try all of them. Um, and they'll be replaced in April, May, buy some uh, wheat beer with a T at the end, not a D, obviously. <laughs> um, so that's more the, uh, you know, the refreshing uh, 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 yeah, wheat-based uh, beer that uh, are very popular to drink. Rick Kempfer is an award-winning author, publisher, and podcaster. He and I met up in Galway, Ireland, and we talk about some of our favorite places we visited and some excellent Irish brews. And the first place we went to... It was really the only place we went to that was only Irish people in there. Right, right. right. I, I think you're right. And the only place we went to where there weren't like masses of hen parties and stag parties right. flowing through and, and stuff like that. I mean, nothing again. If that's what you want to do, if that's why you want to come to Ireland, to, you know, your girlfriends or your, your guy friends are doing that, fine. Do yeah. that and, you know, puke in the street and whatever sure. you want to do. That That's your thing. We're probably a little bit too old for, right. <laughs> for doing that. But um, the first place we went to is a place called that I was really interested and exciting to go to was called John Keogh's, um Gastro Pub. And uh, I'm not sure how long this place has been open. Um, we walked inside and you just love the interior of, of this place. Oh, my God. And it just it's one of those places that... Uh, it just reeks of Ireland, you know what yep. I mean? And then, you know, when I say reeks, I mean, the smell in there was amazing. Yeah, it and did. I, I just wanted to eat immediately. Yeah. Not to be sarcastic. We're not being sarcastic no. like stale beer. It smelled delicious. In yes. There. The food. Yeah. yeah you the- could just tell the food was amazing. And we, I had a uh, a chowder mm-hmm. that was one of the best chowders ever. You know, we're sitting outside eating. That was the thing. So we get there and it was it was packed inside. Um, you know, every table was taken and they were like, well, wait, we can't. And we said, okay, well, can we sit outside? There was about, I don't know, five, six tables outside. So we sat outside. It was a little chilly. It was a little chilly. It was a little chilly. But that was where we had, that was where we sat. And um, yeah, but you made got, the soup better though, didn't it? It sure did. We both it ordered soup. It warmed us up. Yeah. And you had the uh, you had the seafood chowder, yes. which you really liked. Fantastic. And I had the uh, butternut squash soup, which was also equally good. It was it was really nice. So I would say um, I would definitely go back to John Keogh's and uh, try more of their 
more of their menu. Me too. Um, I think it was definitely worth it. And um, they also had some nice brown bread and butter, which you didn't eat. I ate it. I thought it was really good. Went well with the soup. And I had another um, Galway hooker there. I don't remember what you would. Did you get a Guinness? I don't remember. Yes, I did. I remember you tried to drink Oh, that's it. right. I was trying to drink your Guinness. Yeah. And you, you Brent put was a, so you, accustomed to, to drinking Guinness that he was reaching for my glass. I had to slap his hand. You put a fast end to that. <laughs> that's my beer, my friend. Um, my stout. I yeah. Just, it was not a, a beer. Stout. Um, and so after that, we went kind of a couple doors down and across the street to a place called uh, Beer House. And... So I wanted to take you here because it's B-I-E-R-H-A-U-S. Right. German spelling, That's beer right. house. Best We're, schnitzel? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, now Galway's going to be on your ass. Um, but uh, beer house, you know, traditional German spelling. By this time... We were freezing our asses off, so yes. we, we went inside and we sat at the bar. And I was really pleased with the number, with the variety of beers, um, and just the scope of the men, of the beer menu that they had. Yeah, they had over 20 different beers on draft. And they were craft beers. Yes. Um, and I, I had the porter, which I enjoyed... Um, wasn't quite as rich as a, as a stout. Um, sometimes with the porters, you get a little bit of a chocolatey note on them. At least I've had some in Ireland like that. This one did not, but it was still good. I still yeah. enjoyed it. Um, and uh, how was your beer? Did you? I oh, had the German got, beer. Had, you got yeah. the German beer. That's right. You were very excited because they had a they had legit German beers. On right. Them. And let, just say this: I I say this a lot, but the Germans perfected beer in 1615, <laughs> and there's really no need to get any other kind of beer. <laughs> if you can get German beer, that's what you get because it's perfect. And that's it, my my opinion. In in yeah, in every way. <laughs> And you made this point. You made this point now multiple times on yes. the podcast. Yes. And you know, <laughs> hey man, die on that hill. That's you know, it. I That's mean, my hill. Fly your flag and <laughs> you know proudly wave it because if if that's where you're going to be, me, I'm more of an agnostic. I, I come okay. to. I'm going to try a lot of different things. The other word for that is wrong. <laughs> but, uh, I can just translate for people. <laughs> Fair enough, my yeah. friend. Um, they also had a little uh, grill in the front of the beer house where they were serving tacos, um, just frying them up right on the griddle. Uh, we didn't have any food there, but people seemed to be enjoying it. Yeah. So um, not sure about that, but the the beer house seemed like a seemed like a cool place. Um, then, so this this doesn't make a sound. It makes us sound like we're. Um, we only had one beer at each location. Yeah, so let's not get yeah. <laughs> let's not make it sound right. worse than it was. Um, but then we went up uh, we went up the hill back towards our Airbnb because we knew we were going to meet the ladies, and we went to a place called the um, oh, what was it called the thatched oh the Cooks Thatch Bar. Yes. And it's called Thatch Bar because the roof of the bar is actually a thatched hay roof. Right. Pretty, you know, charming and yes. the, the whole deal. Um, this was the place that, before we started this, that I was the most reluctant about. I was like, I don't know. It looks like it might be a little cheesy or it might be a little divey. We walked in. 
and and what happened? Well, they were singing. They they there were four or five uh, old Irish guys sitting uh, along the bench, and they were singing in harmony. And it, they were just and they were not like a performing group. They were just guys who had had a few whiskeys singing their songs, and it was really charming and fun. I thought it was great, and they were singing. You know, it, it wasn't prepared in any way. No. Like, I don't even know how well these guys knew each other. They'd probably been drinking there for, for years. Yeah. But they would end a song and then one guy would start up another song. Right. And they would kind of join in um, because everyone knows all the songs. And then sometimes what cracked me up was then sometimes they would start up a song and you could tell the other guys were kind of like, yeah, yeah, screw that. Yeah, I, we're not doing we're, that. We're one. not doing that one. <laughs> That's so stupid. Why are you singing that? That's a stupid it, idea. It would kind of it would kind of peter out a little bit, and then they'd start up a new one. Yeah, and it, what was fun about it was it wasn't just the guys uh, you sitting along the the bench. It was also other people in the bar started singing along. They would join in, and even we sang along. Where they did like Blueberry Hill and yeah. that when I'm sixty four. Right, right, right. I, I was gonna say that was. That was really the highlight when, um, so we had, we had a beer and then, um, and then the lady showed up and told us all about the dance recital, right? um, which we were fully engaged in in learning about. We'll do an entire podcast on that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, an Irish, an Irish gentleman, I don't know, he had to be 70, right? Yeah. Comes, comes out. And start serenading your wife right. with when I'm 64. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like, wouldn't stop. It, you know, like after yeah. the first verse, yeah, we were like, like, okay, okay that was good. fun. Yeah, right. that, that was the best part. It was like after the first verse, you're we like, that was adorable. You're an adorable right. Irish guy. Doing the whole song. Yeah, I'm no, doing he's the- going, we're doing all the verse. We're, we're learning about Vera, Chuck, and Dave. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, it, I thought that was the highlight too. That was so that was so charming. It was like uh, it, my vision of what Ireland is. Yeah, was that moment so total locals place. Lizzie Bell of Off the Beaten Path Food Tours in Boston gives a ton of recommendations of breweries to visit when you're in Beantown. I grew up in uh, the Chicago area, and I, I have this theory about towns in the in the U.S. that you can divide them into one of two categories. There are beer towns and there are wine towns. And to my mind, Chicago and Boston are both beer towns. Um, So my question to you, Lizzie and Sam, is tell me a little bit about the craft beer scene because, I mean, we know about Sam Adams, um, Sam Adams beer in Boston, but what else can you tell me about the beer scene in Boston? Oh, so true. I know. Sam Adams is the original craft brew. Um, we definitely, Sam and I have definitely gone to the factory. There's Harpoon. Um, so I guess, um, yeah, we did, we talked a little bit about craft beer on the tour. Um, you know, the early brewing was centered around the, the maritime trade as well. So I think, you know, a lot of the, the ships were the places where people were both importing beer and, um, the ship captains were actually opening the taverns because they were brewing on the ships, which is kind of funny. Oh, <laughs> and, you know, um, it was kind of funny. So now that's crept into, you know, we're like, we're very conservative town. Um, but in like the mid 18th century, I think local brews started to become, you know, more popular and, um, you know, we exempted breweries from taxes. So, um, it became more popular to drink, um, 
But anyway, so I would say, let's see, like Remnant Brewery, they're on our Union Square tour. That's a really good tavern. Um, they make their own beer. Um, other places Sam and I love, there's a place called in Somerville called Aeronaut Brewery. And one of our favorite places inside the brewery is this place called Somerville Chocolate, actually. Um, and of course, I have to mention the chocolate place because yeah. you know, <laughs> that's my, they've, they've been known to do, um, chocolate bars. That use like beer hops. <laughs> oh, cool! <laughs> kind of interesting. Um, what else? There's um, I would say like Winter Hill Brewing Company, Lamplighter. Um, Lamplighter is kind of cool because they're in Cambridge. They have a lot of these like grilled cheese pop ups, and they'll come in to the brew room and they'll do some delicious food. Um, Cambridge Brewing Company is an older older place at this point. They have an amazing cider festival. If anyone wants to come, they have like bourbon barrel cider and stuff like that we've had in October. Um, I think you go and you can try like 50 different ciders. Wow. People wait in line for this event. Um, and actually, sometimes we taste the CBC Brewing beer at Grendel's Den. Grendel's Den is like your quintessential pub, um, kind of like invented happy hour here. <laughs> and they're um, in Harvard Square and they serve a really good CBC Amber um, or IPA. They... um they're one of the first to serve CBC in Boston. Um, and I was just making a list. I was saying to Sam, some other places we like are um, Far From the Tree Cider in Salem, Idle Hands, Trillium, Night Shift Brewing, Jack's Abbey, which is out in Framingham. Like, so it's kind of crazy to me, like, how much, um, how much different types of flavors and kind of like global exposures that these beers are getting. Cause, you know, like, for example, I, I worked in Vermont, um, in Burlington. And I had the best cider, you know, citizen cider. I, I would have all this different beer. And I'd come back to Boston and think, we don't have this. And now, like, 10 years later, right, right. you know, we're exploding. And I think um, it's not that, you know, it's certainly not like a Belgium where you could get some really delicious sure, beer. Sure. But, like, I think it's – um, we've, we're pretty notable. And I think, I think that people come here. You can go on, like, a beer tour or you can just go to the breweries and tour around. People are very in, interested in – um, sharing, you know, what they know. Um, it's really fun. So, yeah, I mean, in some of our tours we, we have, we sample some beer, like for example, at in the central square tour, we sample some beer, um, on the union square tour, you can try remnant, um, in Harvard square, you can try some beer at Grendel's, but it's, um, you know, it's just fun to go to a brewery. It's like an occasion of itself. I think that, that as, as Puritan as we are here in Boston, <laughs> and like honestly, the, the, the train closes at midnight. You know, you really—it's not like a late night city, but we do like to kick back some brews. Right? I mean, there's actually—I was just reading yesterday. There's a place in South Boston, which is also a trendy area. They have a pickleball um, brewery. So you go there and you have—you play. I know I can't even believe this. It's a massive like shipping container. You play pickleball and you have beer. I'm like, what's better than that? You know, that's so much fun. I can't, you know. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening here that, like, I want to invent a new game. You know, beer pong. I'm going to invent pickleball pong, uh, pong or pi- pickleball beer pong. Um, and you put the cup on the court. <laughs> if you get the, <laughs> if you get the ball in there, then you got to drink the beer. <laughs> you mentioned uh, you lived in Burlington. Oh, so fun. Well, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't it be fun? I think it would be fun. Scott Steffens founded the craft brewery Dosh Corvosh in Lisbon during the worldwide recession when there was very little craft beer in the city. Today, craft beer is booming in Lisbon, and Scott talks about his craft beers, including some unusual ones. 
Well, this is really nice. Uh, the Creature American IPA is—is is this your number one beer, or what, what's your bestseller? So, as a category, IPA is definitely uh, our biggest category. But as a single beer, it's actually our Pilsner. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a big Pilsner fan. Uh, what's your What's your Pilsner called? So it's it's Prata. Prata Pilsner. Okay. Um, it's kind of the, the name uh, is uh, a little bit about the neighborhood that we're in. So this is Brasa de Prata. Okay. Uh, which means silver arm in Portuguese. Um, so yeah, we just get, it's kind of shorthand for, for the neighborhood that we're in. Okay. And so when you're brewing a Pilsner, how, how is that specifically different from a brewing standpoint from, say, an IPA? Right. So for, the, for a Pilsner... We use 100% Pilsner malt, so no specialty malt whatsoever. And, you know, this is malt that we get from, from Germany, from a small producer. Uh, they don't have any sort of distribution, <laughs> you know, channels or anything like this. So we cool. just get it directly from the source. Um, yeah, we did a little bit of hunting around uh, you found last the guy. year for, for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we, uh, we have a, a, again, we have like a, a, a yeast that's not off the shelf. This is something that is made for us by a yeast lab. Uh, it's kind of in their reserve stock. Uh, so I just actually ordered some yesterday. It'll take, you know, six weeks to produce. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it takes a little bit of planning, but again, it's just like something that we came across one time and just absolutely love. So in a way, a Pilsner is like the most simple beer, you know, it's like the, the most simple ingredients, but it's, it's, um, you know, we, we lager it for, uh, you know, ideally six weeks, uh, in summertime, some, sometimes not quite as long, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just all about the process. We were just in Ireland a few weeks ago, so I drank a lot of stout when I was there. Yeah. Guinness, of course, but also Beamish and Murphy's and then some micro, micro beers as well. Um, tell me about your stouts a little bit. We've made quite a number of them over the years. We don't have, currently we don't have any stouts in our permanent uh, lineup just okay. because we, we just like making, you know, new ones all the time. They have, fortunately, they have a great shelf life. You know, they last a long time. Um, so, yeah, we, we have a lot of uh, big 10, 12% imperial stouts. Uh, we always have a couple available. Um yeah, we we just uh, we try to make really big beers. We use we have a, like a double mash, so we'll, we we can't we put so much grain in that we have to fill it twice in order to get like one one uh, boil cu- kettle like uh, volume out of out of the out of that grain. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a complicated process on the brew house side, but a little more difficult. Yeah. I mean, we, we use a lot of yeast, you know, just to make sure the fermentation is healthy. And, yeah, they have uh, pretty high finishing gravity to have that, you know, that thickness that uh, kind of backs, backs it up. And, and then the alcohol kind of gets lost in there. So, um, yeah, they're not, even though they're 10 or 12 percent, they're not very alcoholic, you know, uh, tasting. So I, I didn't realize there was so much grain that went into making the stout. My understanding was one of the main differences is the roasting of the grain. Oh, sure. Yeah. So if we're just talking about a, like the Irish, you know, 5%, 6% okay. uh, stout. Oh, yeah, that, that's that, the difference. That would be, okay. that would be a different, uh, that would be a more simple process. But yes, it's, it, we would use roasted barley uh, in a stout, uh, you know, 5%, 10%, you know, depending on the recipe. And that's where you're going to get that, 
you know, dark color and uh, the roastiness in the glass. Now, when folks refer to a milk stout, what's the difference between a milk stout and a regular, say, imperial stout? Right. So a milk stout will have lactose in it. So the reason that you would add lactose to a beer is because the lactose is not fermentable by the Saccharomyces, the brewery, uh, the brewing yeast. So the lactose will remain unfermented. And so that sweetness will, as opposed to the maltose and other sugars that will ferment out, uh, the lactose will remain. So it will, it will be sweet in the glass. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, um, so you guys, I, I, I was back looking in the warehouse and you guys have lots and lots of different kinds. We've, we've touched on a few of the different kinds that you do, but you have lots of different varieties of beers that you're doing. What are some of the wacky ones that you've done over the last nine or 10 years that you've been doing this? <laughs> Let's see. We did a Pastel Donata beer mm. where we put a, you know. All right. Yeah, we, put, we actually put a hundred Pastel Donata in, in a beer. This is the the typical cream custard from Lisbon. Right, right. Um, that was an, an imperial stout. Uh, and how'd that turn out? What, what was it like? Yeah, great. I mean, we've made several batches of it at this point. What's the flavor profile like? Yeah, I mean, it, I would say that there's some vanilla that came through, and we uh, we actually added some cinnamon because that's the traditional right, you know, the topping, topping yeah. on on the on the pastry, and um, yeah, just the thickness, the the creaminess came through. Yeah, is cool, it was a fun beer. Okay, there you go. If there's any lesson to be learned, it's that wherever you travel, check out the craft beer scene, even if the city isn't known for beer, like Lisbon you're bound to find something interesting. Well, that's going to do it for this week. But if you want to hear the full episodes from any of this week's guests or want more info about them, you can find links in the show notes at radiomisfits.com slash DED235. Next week on the show, the Azorian green bean Maria Lawton talks with me about Madeira wine and Portuguese festivals and the new season of her TV show, Maria's Portuguese Table. Don't miss that. Until then, get over to DestinationEatDrink.com. There's so much foodie travel stuff there. I just posted a video about one of the most popular places in Portugal, Sintra, home of the Pina Palace. Just click on the Videos tab at DestinationEatDrink.com or go to my YouTube channel at DestinationEatDrink946. I also just posted a complete foodie travel guide to Sintra with all the best places to eat, the best dishes to try, and the coolest things to do. Read that at DestinationEatDrink.com slash Sintra. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to keep up to date with the podcast, the videos, and all the stories from Destination Eat Drink. Destination Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and a guy who's waiting for a scotch-infused beer, Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.